0: Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time. And we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Arcee. And we're really happy once again this week to be joined by Jonathan Carlisle from the Princess Bride Minute from UHF 60 Seconds. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing very well. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming back. Uh, this is minute fifty-six of Roadhouse. Uh, this minute starts with Dalton refusing Brad Wesley's offer of breakfast, and it ends with Wesley bragging about his ability to lure J.C. to Jasper. Yeah. So this is um, this is the first of two pretty heavy, like, talky minutes between uh, Dalton and Wesley. I think it, there's a, there's a lot of good character development. In this minute, especially, I would say about Brad Wesley. This is these two minutes are sort of like his his supervillain backstory minutes. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, where should we start, Marcy? Where would you like to start with this minute?
1: I, I think I'd like to start with all the litany of things that he has done for the town.
0: Oh, okay, sounds yeah. good to me. Let's let's do that. I've got I've got a list here, but go ahead.
1: So he's got. He went away to the war. To, was it the Korean War?
0: Yeah, so he says here, he, he, well, all we know is that he, he came to Jasper after Korea.
1: After I, Korea. Can
0: I just pause on that for just a minute before we get back to Always Done for the Town? Because I'm having a little bit of trouble with the timeline for this, I guess. So, okay, so the Korean War is 1953 to 1954. This movie, if we assume it's set in the same year when it comes out, which is 1989, is... 35 years after so what do we think do we think he just like enlisted in the army as like a like a buck private at like age 18 or something and now he's what 50 in his late 50s that could work
1: he Mm -hmm. definitely looks late 50s i was gonna say early 60s maybe okay
0: all right so maybe that makes sense okay so so he came to jasper after korea um but that also, so before we get to your list, remember, we were having this debate in a previous minute about who's been in town longer, Brad Wesley or uh, Red? Red, yeah. If, so do we think that Brad Wesley came to Jasper right after Korea? Because that was a much longer than, uh, than Red's been in town.
1: How do you know how long Red's been in town?
0: Because he tells us. He came here 25 years ago oh, to marry an ugly yeah. woman.
1: Oh, right. <laughs>
0: So, sorry, these are characters that, that you haven't had the pleasure to meet yet, John. Well, you're you're but, just making it up. That's fine. I'm really not. Um, <laughs> so, Marcy, what do you think? Do you think he came here after, right after Korea, or do you think there was sort of a little bit of a pause, and then he came here later?
1: I'm thinking he got here before Red. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right, so carry on with your uh, litany of things he's done for the town.
1: Well, he's got the 7-Eleven that came yeah. in. The little photo booth.
0: The photo, the photo mat.
1: Photo mat, which have you is ever been? Have you ever been to a photo mat, Marcy? No, I don't think so.
2: Have you, Jonathan? Uh, no, I, th- I think I remember
0: seeing them. Or it's just yeah. like that memory made from TV. I don't so, know. I'm not sure. I know these places. You don't see them anymore because, hello, nobody uses film anymore. But, Marcy, I don't know if you remember, there used to be these things in the mall that were, like, located in the parking lot. They were like a four foot by four foot square kiosk that you could walk up to hand them your film. And then I guess, come back in an hour. They sort of invented the one hour photo. Hmm. Um, That's a photo mat.
1: That's cool. I thought I didn't know what it was. That's a photo
0: mat. Okay. So the photo mat, the Seven Eleven, what else?
1: I forget. And then there's a JC Penny on the way.
0: So, so according to Brad Wesley, so he starts his list with saying the mall.
1: Oh, the mall. Apparently
0: yeah. there's a mall in Jasper. Yeah. Which
1: this is great how you're holding up your hand for an extended period of time.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I don't know. Um, I'm undo it too.
0: All right. I'm That's... just trying to, I'm just trying to count for you. Yeah. And JC Penny. JC Penny is coming coming to Jasper because of him.
1: I mean, the 7 Eleven alone, Roger, could be so lucrative, right? Because 7 Eleven has the Slim Jims. It has the Slurpees. It's got hot dogs on a roller. I mean, it's got everything you could ever want in there.
0: Yeah, Marcy, I think you just used 7-Eleven and lucrative in a sentence for the first time in recorded <laughs> do, history. Do you think it
1: makes money? Do you think 7-Eleven is a moneymaker? No?
0: No. I don't know. Right. John, well, John, Jonathan, what did you think about this list of litany of achievements? Um, well, this,
2: uh, this was part of my research to make sure that that I I basically just thought it looked kind of like Orlando and so I just had to run with that and just see if it fit. Um so it's I don't think it's any big surprise that all of these things are in Orlando or or were at one time. Mm-hmm. Um 11 JCPenney, a mall for sure. Um the only trip up I had was a photo map and it it doesn't necessarily mean that there wasn't a photo map in Orlando, but there was at least somebody the idea of Photomat got started by a guy in Florida. So question mark
0: mystery, maybe. Well, uh, I mean, I think 7-Eleven is great, and it's everywhere, except, unfortunately for me, near where I live, which is probably good. Because if there were a 7-Eleven within easy driving distance for me, I would have a Slurpee a day.
1: No way.
0: It's nature's perfect drink.
1: No. God, Roger. For sure. <laughs> All right. That's a lot right
2: there All right. Also, i i sorry i uh i had to do the backwards math on his age and everything as well because i was i i started this whole research ball rolling with orlando florida and i was thinking that he was just being uh cocky um and that basically disney world came to orlando and he was claiming everything that disney world brought to the table <laughs> but but doing some research, finding out that Disney World wasn't established in Florida until 1971, so he could have beaten them to the punch as far as bringing them. So obviously, I know that you're saying in the the context of the movie, they're not in Orlando, Florida, but I'm just running with my my research ball here.
0: He so we're gonna find out that he sort of comes he comes up through the hard hard streets of Chicago. Um, before we get off this this list of commercial blockbuster achievements by him, which is hilarious because, Jonathan, as it turns out, the real way that Brad Wesley makes his money is by running a protection racket. His, his, his source of income is basically squeezing the life out of every other business in Jasper, which is a small town in Missouri. And uh, somehow makes way for new businesses to come in? You know, that's a good point. I, I I'm having a hard time figuring yeah. out how new business like how is jc penny going to come to jasper if they have to join the jasper improvement society
1: marcy i don't know because that's shady and it would be hard for a, a mega corporation like jc penny to cover up
0: you've always been a big fan of the penny haven't you
1: i would not say always and big well i mean in I our have life gotten closed there before
0: in our life together which is almost two decades now yeah um I feel like it's been a go-to shopping site for you.
1: Yeah, it's been just fine for, like, staples and jeans and stuff like that.
0: Do you feel like back in 1989, bringing JCPenney to Jasper would be a big deal?
1: Yeah, I do. I feel like it would be. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. What do you I'm... think? So so JCPenney isn't here yet, though, right? He He's very clear to say JCPenney is coming to Jasper because of me. So what do you think is the current anchor store at the Jasper Community Mall?
1: Oh man, eighty uh, nine. Uh, I don't know. We had um.
0: Could it be just place something called
1: the fair, where I grew up, where it was like, um, a department store, like, like J.C. Penney or Macy's, but super cheap stuff.
0: I feel like maybe it might be just something very generic, like Sears. Yeah. Because if you're a place like Jas- uh, Jasper, you need Sears. a store like Sears where you can buy pretty much one We've of everything. Had
1: everything. Yeah. yeah.
0: Can I rewind a little bit back to the beginning of this minute? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, because the beginning of this minute is sort of our last uh, encounter with Denise, although she's off screen, but she does figure into this minute. Because this is when, you know, and I'm going to keep it clean for the listeners. This is when Ben Gazzara yells at the top of his lungs, "Shut that! You know what? Off." Um. And then he says he says to Dalton that he can't listen to this music because it's got no heart. Yeah. Which I found to be hilarious because in like the last time we saw uh Ben uh Brad Wesley listening to music, do you remember that Marcy?
1: Yeah, he's in his automobile, right?
0: Yeah, so he's in his automobile. Jonathan, there's a fantastic scene. I promise you this movie will not disappoint. If you turn on Roadhouse and you just stick with it for 15 minutes or less you will get to a great three minutes of the movie even better than these three um, but there's a scene where brad wesley is going out for a lazy sunday drive and he basically just drives from one side of one side of both lanes of the road to the other oh um, but like the movie shows him doing that or do oh yes
2: you just see his hands going back no,
0: no 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 we see the car and it is i mean basically he runs dalton off the road oh okay because he just isn't bothered to follow traffic laws. So and, what kind of music does have heart to him? See, I don't know. Because when he's in his car, he's listening to the song Shaboom by the Crew Cuts. That, mm-hmm. makes, that makes sense because that would be around
2: the time when he would have gone into the army and and all that kind of stuff, kind of the early 50s. But how is that? how does that count as music that has heart? He, it's just, you know, when when you when you're growing and you co- coming of age and all that kind of stuff like you kind of lock into your stuff and uh, so no, he just he just locked in in the 50s.
0: No, no doubt. I mean, this is definitely a get off my lawn moment. Um <laughs> Marcy, I feel like I have to be on pleated pant patrol for you. There's definitely pleated pants. Do you want to take a few moments to to vent?
1: Um no. Um, but there are lots. It's like a triple threat of pleated plants.
0: (laughs) Oh, I just have them down for (laughs) Dalton. Who else is wearing pleated pants?
1: I thought they all had them on there.
0: Wow. Just like everybody in the 80s, I guess. I only saw Dalton's pleats. So So, this is also the minute where we get to see... So last minute we got to see what... Oh, you
1: know what? Tinker's pants, it's hard to tell because they're down so low. And the other dude has flat front. You're right. It's just Dalton rocking them. I I think...
2: think, uh, uh, Tinker from the previous minute, I think he's just wearing jeans with
0: the, the cuff curled up.
1: Jeans with the cuff curled up. And they're they're ill-fitting in lots of ways.
0: But. Mm-hmm. What what do you think are the chances that Tinker's pants are, shall we say, uncomfortably too low?
1: Well, sometimes when you have a belly that big, you have to figure out where to put your clothing so that it's on your body.
0: Let me put it this way. If you were to say accidentally toss something at his feet and force him to pick it up, would it be a, a memory that you'd wish you could never <laughs> say those, again?
1: Those pants are not, they're not, um, yeah, you're not, you're not moving around a lot in those pants.
0: Did I, shall we say, crack the case?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he is at least wearing layers. So possibly he'd have some coverage. Maybe. That's fair. That is fair. Um, so what I was saying, so last minute is where we get to see what Brad Wesley drinks. And this minute is sort of where we get to see what, what he eats. Um, uh, did you make any note of what's he's, what he's got in front of him, Marcy, when he's enjoying this? Oh,
1: no, you know, I didn't even think about that.
0: I, he seems to be eating eggs. Like egg whites. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I, he sort of, he seems like an omelet kind of man. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think?
2: Mm. I, I was more distracted by what's on the table in front of him i oh. i don't mean to be rude it kind of just looks like a dog turd sitting in front of him but I don't... Oh,
0: wow all right oh oh that's interesting i don't know if that's like a stogie but it doesn't really look like that it... oh i see what you mean i think that's probably a cigar i think you're right yeah so he's got this oh, thing yeah. in front of him see um, i guess i guess i, I was
2: more going character wise like he's just like this bad guy he either beats up his some girlfriend or has someone else do it for him or something but he would allow his dog to uh, defecate on the table in front of him.
0: <laughs> gross i i i have no reason that to believe a that weird he, thing i have no reason to believe that he owns any pets he doesn't seem like someone who could be bothered to care for anyone or anything animal or human well he's got tinker and whatever the other guy's name was <laughs> I could imagine that as a as a fitting punishment if you did a bad job on your last mission. Like, yeah, you got to take the dog out. Oh, uh, speaking of Tinker, and what was the other guy's name again? O'Connor is
2: the O'Connor. messy bleeder, the guy um, in the suit. It's kind of boring. Tinker's yeah. at least not boring. Um, so when he asked them to turn off the music and they leave, did they turn off the music or did they make
0: her turn off the music? Marcy, why don't you answer first? I know what I think.
1: Oh, I think they made her do it. So I think everybody sees Denise as subservient to them.
0: I disagree. I think this is exactly the kind of moment that O'Connor would seize on as an opportunity to pretend that he was in charge and go over and just like turn it off. Oh, yeah. So O'Connor, Jonathan, uh, he's the the balding guy. He's your Stephen Balding. Mm -hmm. He, He, in this movie so far, seems to be someone who likes to pretend he's in charge. But really, he's like a fake bad guy.
2: Sure. Seems like the kind of guy.
0: I would like to say in this minute, as much as we were kind of slagging out the billiard room last time, like this solarium is gorgeous. (laughs) I don't know that any one of us would be unhappy if we had a room in our house that looked like this. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: I really like the room itself. I don't enjoy the f- chairs that are chosen for the space. <laughs> All
0: right. Tell us more. I,
1: and I also don't like a glass table. I don't know. It's just, okay. it seems old. Like something somebody that is in their 60s would choose these things.
0: Well, he's in his 60s. Yeah. You're not wrong.
1: Yeah. This, this is, is
0: why. A- this is
2: one reason I'm glad it's not in Florida, because having all that glass, like, it would be so much humidity, and you'd have to be cleaning that all the time with the water streaks. Oh, yeah. That's fair. It might be damaging, too, all that water.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure that this is the actual house, too. So, so sorry, this is the actual house that is across the river. Um, so... It, it turns mm-hmm. out, because this is an 80s movie, Jonathan, that Brad Wesley literally lives across the river from where Dalton is um laying his head. Um and if you if you look in this minute, so like if you scrub ahead, for example, to like the 30-second mark, you can see behind Brad Wesley's head, it's blurry, but you can see the image of a farmhouse. That's where Dalton lives. Oh. Right. It's literally right across the river. Cause of course the good guy is going to coincidentally wind up within a Mm-hmm. A literal stone's throw of the bad guy.
2: So that when they were looking for him, yeah, that, that's super ridiculous. They yeah, could it's like,
0: just look out the window, like, oh, there he is. We've been looking for you. I forget what he says. Something. like we've been looking for you all day. <laughs> Maybe you should have just walked out into the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are
1: kind of idiots.
0: But I think the solarium is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: and to have that view onto this nice rolling river with a... You know, um, well, we we never really determined what kind of farm Emmett has got going on. It's the, a
0: moonshine farm, so or out
1: There were there were horses in a paddock, and he's got hay. But other than uh, that, it's not really clear where he keeps those horses when they're not in the paddock. I
0: think he's moving some drogas out the back.
1: Uh, perhaps. Can we talk a little
0: bit about the conversation? We haven't actually said anything about the conversation that they have. And there's a couple of, I think, juicy nuggets that feel like they need to be discussed. Um, I want to start with this. It's kind of a weird exchange that they have a- about this this framed picture. The
1: grandfather.
0: So, yeah. yeah so, so I have some questions. Why is Dalton taking the time and courtesy of bringing up and talking about a photograph um about someone like Brad Wesley that he obviously has no care or respect for. Uh
2: what does he say? Does he say, like
0: looks respectable or something like that. Looks like, like an that?
1: important man.
0: Important man. Yeah. yeah. yeah so know. he looks at the he, I think he picks up the picture. Brad Wesley says, "My grandfather."
1: Well, you know, even before that, Brad Wesley calls him a boy. Did you catch that?
0: Oh, sorry. Tell me more.
1: I well, I don't have my audio on, but I think Brad Wesley starts with something where he calls Dalton a boy in some way
0: wouldn't surprise me I mean they are literally from different generations
1: but I think as as he's doing that like Dalton's cocky attitude that he has in the first in the last minute just starts chipping away and dissolving as you know Brad Wesley is like dominating over him
0: wait are are you suggesting that Dalton is becoming progressively more intimidated.
1: I'm, I'm saying that Brad Wesley has figured out a way to demean him.
0: I don't think that's happened yet.
1: I feel like he's starting right in this minute, calling in- him a boy. He, the man's just sitting there eating while he's having this conversation with him, not literally even like giving him his full attention. And, You know, I think there's, like, a power move where you're not getting up and being in a position to have a conversation with somebody else. You're just kind of, like, letting this person explore your space.
0: See, I feel the opposite Unnerving. Like, so one of the things that happens in this movie is that there's sort of this, there's this dolly shot where Dalton is moving across the camera from right to left. um, And the camera is simultaneously kind of moving I guess that's counterclockwise around the table. I have written down in my notes here that this dolly shot of Dalton walking around Wesley, it kind of seems to, it's, it felt to me like an animal stalking its prey.
1: Oh, like Dalton is the,
0: I think that Dalton is in the, I think Dalton is in the power position this minute. Hmm. I don't know. Or What do you, he... think, what do you think, Jonathan? Or he, or he thinks he's in the power position. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So, so you're not gonna be here. Well, actually, you know what? Yes, you will. So uh let's uh let's let's hold on the the gigantic reveal, which is gonna come right at the end of um our next minute. Um so yeah, so maybe that I think that's maybe a good read that Dalton, Dalton thinks he's in control, because spoiler alert, he always thinks he's in control, but he's about to find out that perhaps. Uh, Wesley has the jump on him
2: what uh, else j- just say real quick uh I was always a fan of J.C. JCPenney being that my name is Jonathan Carlisle and so it was like J.C. <laughs> I especially 1989 I've been like that's my store
0: did your parents ever try to convince you that they had named the store after you
2: uh no no I, we ju- had, I, I just took it my, for myself
0: so <laughs> we had uh, so we work at this boarding school and um Every year in the early fall, like one of the first couple of weeks of the year, they have this thing called senior carnival where, and Marcy's in charge of it now, at least getting the stuff. They bring out like a bunch of inflatables and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like the, the like the bounce house and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Things that kids, even teenagers would enjoy playing with. So one of our friends who no longer works here at the Hotchkiss school had two daughters, and one of the daughters had a birthday invariably almost around this time. And I swear to God, they told her for four years in a row <laughs> that this was her birthday party. Oh yeah. man. So and kind of-invited
1: all sorts of friends over for that.
0: Kind of the same thing. You know who I'm talking about, right? We don't have to name them here.
1: No.
0: Um so the, I mean, the the reply, so you know, so Dalton says he seems like an important man. Uh Brad Wesley says, he was an a-hole. What do we think that that exchange tells us about either one of them?
2: I don't, I think, I'm trying to figure, some of that conversation seems disjointed and more just like a movie thing. Like, we got to move into this conversation. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, he he looks at the picture and he, and I don't maybe Dalton's just trying to get a bead on Wesley and Wesley just, you know, kind of casts it off and then just goes into the conversation he wants to have. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I think there's a bit about Wesley trying to like reveal that he's grown up mean, you know, and he's, you know, on the streets of Chicago and he's got this rough family life where, you know, he's got a grandfather that was really hard on him. And he's like pulled himself up by his bootstraps and created this new utopia for himself in Jasper.
0: So that's a good point. I mean, maybe maybe the reason why Brad Wesley went into the army was that he just could not wait to get away from home. Mm-hmm. Like, take me hundred, hundreds of miles away. You know, send me halfway around the world to Korea. It's got to be better than the life I'm living with my grandfather and probably because this is the way this usually works. My dad, Jonathan, I think you make a good point. There, there are multiple times in this whole conversation, which unfortunately we're not going to get to finish this week, but there are multiple times in this conversation where it seems like Brad Wesley, like he makes totally non sequitur connections. He's Mm -hmm. like, so my grandfather wasn't. So here's the dialogue. So he says, my grandfather was an a-hole, but you you're a smart boy. I think that's the boy reference you were talking about, Marcy. But mm-hmm. then he says, just not too realistic. Mm-hmm. So like those three adjectives, a-hole, smart, and realistic, they do not relate to each other in any way. <laughs> like it does not follow that if you are a smart boy that you are like realistic or not realistic. Like the way that he pulls those things together don't doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense to me either.
0: Uh I mean, I guess what he's trying to say is like, you don't, you don't realize what you've gotten yourself into, and I'm giving you a chance to kind of get yourself out of it. I mean, it, that's that's got to be what's going on here, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess
2: so. Yeah. It, the whole grandfather stuff just confounds me. It just doesn't. There's no connection there.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's a person on the inside of this movie trying to understand what the hell is going on in this mansion, like. Mm-hmm. Here's just one element we can question in the multitude of taxidermy and weird plants that we could question about. You know, it's just strange.
0: So I've got another question because. here. Wait, uh, sorry. Uh, So he
2: says his grandpa was an a-hole. Yes. But does that necessarily mean that he doesn't respect him for it? I'm kind of looking into the next minute a little bit, but we don't have to do that. We we got another minute to cover. So,
0: no, I think, I think you're right. And, you know, to be fair, again, in the, in the, in the theme of like adjectives, which Brad Wesley seems to think are antonyms, but are not like, like Dalton says, he seems like an important man. Brad Wesley says he was an a-hole. Like those two things are not mutually exclusive. Right. All right. I have a follow up question because the next thing that Wesley says, he says to him, I'm just like you. I came up the hard way on the streets of Chicago. So my question is, does he does he know where Dalton came from? In other words, has he been doing background research or is he just presuming that someone who would work as a bouncer is like come from a broken home?
1: Well, he has the tidbit of information that we'll find out in the next minute. And so, like, yeah, but, he's he's got some intel on him. But,
0: but that's recent history. That has nothing to do with where Dalton came up from.
1: Yeah, but I think that he's pieced together, like, he doesn't know about Dalton's education and philosophy.
0: No, he doesn't.
1: But um, he does. he does know that he has some sort of record. And maybe he thinks, oh, this is you know people with records grew up on the mean streets.
0: So, Jonathan, what would you say if I told you that Dalton is an NYU graduate with a degree in philosophy? Oh, well, uh that would not be something that I would have assumed from this movie. How does that how do how do you figure that into your algorithm for determining the character of Dalton?
2: Uh yeah, that's a, a whole different uh whole different shade of uh you know, I I thought this was kind of a a silly romp i guess and then yeah the whole thing with the finding out that the ripping your throat out thing is real like oh that's more than silly okay and then but yeah hmm. now he's he's an educated guy with um yeah um he's he sounds complex
0: dalton contains multitudes there's no doubt about that daltitudes daltitudes that's fantastic <laughs> You win. You win. I'm just, I'm going to retire from this minute. You, you've just won the minute, (laughs) Jonathan. What else do you all have about the the action that we see in this minute? I have one minor point about the music that I feel bad that I didn't include anymore. So I'll just, after we, after we finish this, I'll just tell you what it was because I should have included it, but I didn't. Anybody have anything else about what, what you saw in this minute? Nope. Nope. Okay. Here's the little nugget that I will just cut out. So, um, I watch this movie with the subtitles when I'm doing prep, you know, just to kind of make sure I've got everything down just right. And the, the this fantastic song "Do You Really Want Me" by Christine W is still playing until they get to the radio. And in in the as another example of Roadhouse just hitting things a little too on the nose. Sorry, this is going to be a bad pun in a minute. The last two lines we hear of this song before the music cuts out is "You're taking me out for a ride, baby, and knocking me right back down." No. It's like, ooh, oh. yeah, I, I guess that's true with Denise, but, you know, sad trombone. Tell you what, so so Jonathan, on our Wednesday shows, we like to have a little fun with our guests. So if you don't mind, I, if I could indulge you with this question that I know you're not prepped for. Um, since, since you haven't seen our movie, I'm going to tweak the question a little bit for you. So I'd like to ask you, which of Prince Humperdick's henchmen do you feel like you most identify with?
2: Oh man. Well, his, you know, his biggest henchman is a six-fingered
0: man. Um, I guess Yellen and he's got the albino. See, I like this, Marcy. Jonathan mm-hmm. is taking this in all I thought you were just gonna go with the big three. Pick, pick anyone you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably the albino, just because he's he's the doing albino. his job. He's he's there. Um do you have a lot of problems with congestion?
1: Oh, gross. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Uh, sometimes, yes. The uh, albino, uh, but
2: uh, but yeah, he he's there and he's doing his job. Maybe he shouldn't be there. Maybe he shouldn't be aligned with who he's aligned with. But he doesn't. Also, he de- <clears throat> It's tough because he. I would say he doesn't seem as a character like he's bought into the whole thing, but he is like in the depths of it. So that's hard to. That's hard to, to say.
0: He's also, doing so- that.
1: He's doing that dirty work for. Yeah. Yeah. So with,
0: and I know you talked about this on your podcast, so I don't want to cheat too many of your minutes. And again, everybody should go listen to your podcast because it's fabulous. Do you feel like he is enjoying his work or is it just someplace you could punch your clock on nine to five? This is like a nine to five job situation for him. Uh well
2: this the scene that plays in my head when you ask that is is when he's dabbing uh <laughs> Wesley uh, and he, he
0: seems pretty happy then he's just like do 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 you know maybe he's just happy to to clean off that blood in an incredibly ineffective way.
2: Yeah huh. yeah I guess so. Now if the the movie for budgetary reasons couldn't do it justice, but the, the pit of despair in the book was this multi-tiered pit that had animals and all kinds of stuff in there. If if he was involved with that, I could see that it'd be something that he, like taking care of prisoners was just like a 1% of the job. The rest of it was taking care of animals. I'm sure that would be something that he might love. And do you mm. feel like he
0: deserves what he
2: gets? Uh, he just gets his memory jogged. A little mm. too hard. A little too hard. But but it, there's there's no insinuation that he's dead.
0: He could no, just no. like just get up and walk away, like most people do. Not mm. every character, but most of them. Well, that's great. Appreciate that. Um, before we close, Jonathan, why don't you remind our listeners again where they can see and hear you all over the internet?
2: Well, the Princess Bride Minute for sure. Um, yeah, you can go listen to the the intro music. Uh, that's. I will say that uh, I listen to most podcasts on a faster speed, and uh, but. When I listen to good intro music, not just mine, but other people's too. Like I I do slow it down to regular speed and then and then continue on.
0: Do you have any other podcasts that you enjoy with particularly excellent intros besides just yours? The oh mine, no, mine's the best. I
2: just listened. No. Uh the <laughs> I love the Indiana Jones minute podcast. And that is a, and that is a good one. They they uh they won't really say exactly how they got it but they because i mentioned mst3k in the last episode uh they got the tom servo voice to sing their theme songs and yeah, it's
0: amazing Wait, are you serious
2: i'm se- yep kevin That's murphy
0: the actor who plays tom servo on mystery science theater is the person singing yeah the theme i mean, song I, to the indiana jones minute i guess in 2021 i should
2: specify it's like the original tom servo because there's been different iterations of them but it's 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 a uh, I already said his name. What would I say, uh, Murphy?
0: We yes. we don't have any Tom Servo singing our theme song, Jonathan. Uh, me neither. Actually, so. I well,
2: it, this is not Tom Servo related, but I also did the music for UHF sixty second, um, which was more of a production actually. So um, I gotta I gotta go out and listen to that then. Did you I make like, a
1: parody of your own music?
2: So. I um, let's see, the theme song is not really a parody, um, but. If you listen to the... Okay, so I should say, if you do listen to UHS 62nd, the first few episodes are not the real theme song, because Mm -hmm. we had the Indiana Jones Minute Boys and Girl on those episodes. So I did a parody of their theme song.
1: Hmm. Oh,
0: fun.
2: And then after those first five episodes or so, then then you get the normal theme song.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I will, if, if you are a connoisseur of podcast intros, I don't know, there's a... There is a podcast that Mercy and I like to listen to about '80s and '90s movies called "Shat the Mu- Shat the Movies." I don't know if you're familiar with that.
2: I've not heard of that one.
0: Okay, it's spelled just like it sounds like it just was. Um, but anyway, <laughs> their theme song, uh, which is it's an it is a it, it is a veneration of the movie Die Hard, is fantastic. That may be like that. That's that intro is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of podcast intros for sure. you don't have to listen to you don't have to listen to the rest of the episode just go download (laughs) one of them and listen to the intro all right just just so they get the numbers like oh everybody keeps listening to the first three minutes of this (laughs) well thank you once again for listening to another episode of roadhouse minute please if you can rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app come and join us on facebook at the new double deuce we're also on Twitter and Instagram at at RH minute. And you can email us at Dalton says, be nice at gmail.com. So remember until next time, be nice. Bye now. Bye. Bye.